for joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Are you there? All right, verse 45. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul, and the last, Adam, was made a quickening spirit. Now, who was the first man, Adam? Adam. <laughs> it's in the verse. <laughs> I had to do it that way. Adam, that's right. You'd be surprised. Some people say Jacob. All right, notice the first man, Adam, was a living soul. The last, Adam, was who? was Jesus Christ. Last man, Adam, was a life-giving or quickening spirit. Look at verse 47. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Verse 48. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Wow, that's rich, isn't it? Look at verse 49. And as we have borne the image of the earthly, we shall also bear the image of who? The heavenly. Now notice, if the Bible means anything, which it does, it shows that there was a transformation that took place in your life when you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. When you were born in this world, you were born after the first Adam who basically sinned. You were born with his nature. You were born just like him because sin and death passed upon all men. Say all men. men. Thank you for the excitement over there. (laughs) very important, praise God. So, But notice, when you got born again, here it says, basically, as is the earthy, such are they that also were earthy. How many were earthy at one time? But notice, and as it is the heavenly, such are they also that is heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. All right, go to Philippians chapter 2. If you want to live a victorious lifestyle, if you want to operate in kingdom stuff from finances to victory to everything else, you have to understand what Jesus provided for you on the cross. It's more than just a free trip to heaven. It's more than just a forgiveness of sins. When he went to that cross, he basically changed you, your identity, your nature, and everything else when you get born again. You have been completely changed. The Bible says you are at this time a new creation. Old things, thank God, have passed away, but all things have become brand new, praise God. So now, how are you going to find out what became new unless you go to the Word and find out what became new so you can believe what you became new to be what you became new? Get it off the tape. See? All right, praise God. Philippians chapter 2, look at verse 5. This is talking about Jesus, the second Adam. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of who? Of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death of the cross. Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is what? Lord. Lord. Now notice here it says that the word Jesus Christ became flesh. He laid aside his godly attributes. He became of no reputation. He took on the form of a servant. He was in the likeness of men. And he was fashioned as a man. Say fashioned. As a man. Now as long as you and the church continues to see Jesus is something we cannot become rather than something he made us, 
you'll not be able to operate in the things of God. In other words, if you keep yourself down here and Jesus way up there, and I've heard it all the time when I was growing up, well, Jesus healed the sick and, and raised the dead, but that was Jesus. Have you ever heard that? But that was Jesus. But notice, Jesus came basically to bring us to a position to do the same things that he does. In other words, he did not come to show us what he could not do and what we could not do. He came to show us what we could do, basically, praise God. People come to me all the time when I do teachings on oneness with the Lord because how many know Jesus prayed it in John 17? He wanted us all to become one like him, and you claim to be one like him. They go, oh, my God. You just brought Jesus down on your level. No, no, he decided to do that on his own. I had nothing to do with that. Oh, well, you're just raising yourself up to be with him. No, he raised me up and seated me in heavenly places, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion. I had nothing to do with it. I just thought I might take advantage of what he has already done in my life. And even the things that took place in the Bible, when you see Jesus and his disciples, his disciples are going in a boat, the storm comes up, the wind comes up, their first thing is, we're going to die. How many know that's not a good first thought? We're going to die. So Jesus wakes him up, he speaks to the storms, the storms stop. Now watch what he didn't say. Here's what we want him to say. Thank God you woke me, because you guys ain't going to do, be able to do nothing. You're a bunch of wormy people, and thank God I was in the boat with you because I wanted you to all drown. But that's not what he said. No, he said, where's your faith? How cometh you didn't get up and doeth what I didith when you have the ability to do that? But notice, they must have had the ability or wouldn't to rebuke them. How many of you agree with that? So apparently they were not using the ability that they had been given. Therefore, they were living a defeated life. Not because they didn't have the authority, but because they were not using the authority that they'd already been given. Could that pertain to Christian life today? Let me see. Yeah, I think that, I think that comes in there. Remember when he came down from the mountain that time and the demon possessed, they were down there and the disciples trying to cast the devil out and cast the devil out and couldn't do it. And Jesus finally said, come out. And the thing came out. And he looked at the disciples and said, thank God I came down from the mountain when I did. Because that devil's just about to take you all on and beat the heck out of you. And thank God you waited till I came. No, he said, you wicked and perverse generation. In other words, how long do I got to stay with you till you get a clue that I have given you authority on my ability so that you can rule and reign over demons, rule and reign over sickness, rule and reign over these things? He says, how long is it going to take for that to go? And I believe he's still in heaven today. Probably saying this, how long, church, are you going to sit there like a bunch of losers asking me to do everything I gave the authority and power to do in your own life yourself to be able to rebuke demons, be able to wreak these things out of your life? And this is something that... I'm telling you what, authority isn't based on even sometimes how good or bad you've been. He's given you authority and you've got it. The only problem is if you use it and it worketh, you get excited about having it because it worketh. You know, when I first got born again, and at that time I was a mailman and I was listening to tapes 24 hours a day and I was listening to good tapes. Say good tapes. I mean, you know, there's good tapes and bad tapes. So I want to listen to any garbage. I'm going to hear what I couldn't do and how terrible I was and I had a cry out to you. No, I want to find out who I was, what I could do. I was excited about the things of God. I wanted something to happen in my life. I wanted to be able to do those things. So I was listening to good tapes. And, it, and one of the preachers that kept saying, you lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. You have authority over all the powers of the enemy. So I was too new in the church not to believe it. 
takes you a while to numb your brain not to believe anything that's in the Bible. See, when you're young and fresh, you just believe everything. So I started believing the Bible. So at once, praise God, there's one time that I was there, and, and we were running a little Bible study out of the, just for fun and out of our house and everything. And all at once, I, I was at a, I think it was a Halloween thing, wasn't it? At some church years ago down at the church on Walton Road there. And there was somebody who was coming to the church, and she came that night. And she came, and she said, oh, and I said, what's the matter? Everybody's having fun. What's going on? Another migraine headache. I've always had migraine headaches. I can't get rid of them. And I said, well, I can get rid of them. Come here. So in the middle of the gym, everybody's there. Talk about screwing up Halloween for the devil. But I just walked up to her and said, I can take care of this. I laid my hands on her and said, get off of her in Jesus' name. And I walked away. Instantly, she had a headache. And as far as I know, hasn't had a headache over the last 20 years. Now, that doesn't make me something super or great. or, or It just makes me who I am. Come on, we can sing that song the rest of our lives and still act like a fool. I know who I am. And all the music you think, I'm a fool. Well, you don't want to be that am. Come on, you want to be a different am than that, praise God. So it worked. And how I many know once it works, you figured it'll work again, praise God. So somebody brought me, came to the post office one time. They had a little boy. This, and now this is before. He's a pastor. This is before. I was even thinking about pastoring. Even thinking about teaching, even thinking about doing. I was just an ordinary person sitting where you're sitting right now, just using the authority that God said that he gave me and trusting me that he knew what he was talking about. So praise God, they brought to me a little boy. He had over 100 fever for, I don't know, a week or so. They ran every test on him. They could run on him. Didn't work. They gave him to me. He said, can you do something? I said, sure. Took him out in the parking lot of the post office. I said, get off of him in Jesus' name. Brought him back in, handed him. I did not go, oh, dear God, please send your anointing and your authority. Because I knew where the anointing and authority were. See, come down, Jesus, and touch him. No, Jesus sent me to touch him. Come on now. So I just put hands on him and said, get off of him in Jesus' name. Left. Six hours later, they called me, said the fever broke. They still didn't know what was wrong with him. He never had the fever again at that time. What was it? This is not something spectacular. This is not something where we should be going, oh, oh, look what he did. This should be a normal This is a normal lifestyle. When our kids, something jumped on our kids, I'll tell you what, we jumped it off our kids. We didn't take them to the doctor to find out how many medications they could, how many, because if it works for other people, I figured it might work for me. So we used it on our kids. We used it on people around us. We did it. Why is that? Because basically in the Bible, it tells us that we have authority over all these things. And when you start to realize there's spiritual issues that are in your life, it's not always you. There's spiritual influences in your life every single day trying to control your life, trying to do things. But every single one of them is subject to you. Every single one, praise God, because you have the name of Jesus has been raised higher than anything else, praise God. And when you use that name, it works. Went up to Disney one time, and they had some, Josh was about two years old, two and a half. Had some airplane ride. It went, dee, 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 dee. so we're riding the airplane ride. And he gets on the ride. You know, he's all excited. And as soon as it started, he turned around. He was sitting in Becky's car, looked at me, just completely petrified. And I just reached up, and I said, get off of him. And Josh turned around and said, whoa, whoa, this is fun. Whoa, this is fun. Now, how many of you know he didn't know there was a spirit on him? He didn't know what was going on, but I know that God says God has not given us a spirit of but of love and of and of a sound mind. So I just started doing what the Bible actually told me who I was and what I could do. First time we went on a flight. Aaron was about six years old. We get in line, we're going into the flight. Pretty soon Aaron gets out of my hand, starts running the other way. I said, What's the matter? He's just shaking. I can't go on the flight. 
And I thought, we never flew before. It's not like we crashed. It's not like we've watched airport 42 times. I mean, I don't know where it came from, but how many of you know it came from someplace where he was afraid? So I just took him off the side, and I said, would you get off him in Jesus' name? And basically, you could see it lift. Now, once he gets on the plane, we fly. He's having a good time looking out the window, everything else. So there's things that we don't realize, and because we don't know that we have this authority, many times we're asking God to do things in our life that you have the ability to do in your own life. Are you listening? And when you start using that authority in your life, you're going to find out that it doesn't take four weeks of fasting sometimes. I mean, just cast the thing off, get it off there, know you've got authority, and do it. And when you know you've got authority, you will speak to that thing and walk away. Say, walk away. Walk away. See? You won't spend 30 minutes trying to enforce your authority. Do you know what I mean by that? Let me pray over this person in the name of Jesus. Be healed. I said be healed in Jesus' name. Heal, 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 heal. Be healed in Jesus' Is his name feel anybody? Be no, you know it. Yes. You know, you know you got it. It's like when you have kids and you tell them to do something, you know they're going to do it. You'd have to stand there for forty-five minutes and tell them. Well, here he says Jesus came not to be a person to show us what we can't do. He came to show us what we could do in our lives. And he didn't come as God. How do we know that? Well, right here it tells us in the scripture. But also, let's take an instance where the woman with the issue of blood. 12 years, she had an issue of blood. Finally, she gets up and touches the hem of Jesus' garment. And what did Jesus say? He said what? Who touched me? Now, if he'd have been God, how many know he said, you touch me? But he didn't know. Why would he ask if he, if he knew? So he didn't know. He was operating as man. He said, who touched me? And then later, the finally lady, how about when he got out of the boat one time and that demon-possessed guy came up to him and was breaking chains and all that stuff, and, and Jesus didn't say, your name's Legion. He said, what's your name? Well, why would he say that? Because he wasn't living and acting as God. Was he all God? Yes. But was he living as man down here? Yes. Why was he living in man down here? Because he had something called a physical body that gives you authority in this earth realm. God has no authority in this earth realm except by someone in an earth suit. That's why he has the body of Christ. That's why he has a church. You are his connection to this down here. You are the one, basically, who's going to get the fever off people. You are the one who has the authority to do these things in your life. You are the one who can do that, basically, because you have this earth suit here. So Jesus didn't say, your name's Legion. He said, what's your name? And he said, Legion. And then when he found out what the name was, basically, he cast the thing out. Why? Because he was operating as a man. Say he was operating, operating. As, a man. as a man. All right, go to Acts chapter 10. There's one time Jesus even said, the works that I do you will do also, and he didn't say, works that I do, you can possibly do, but don't try because you're going to screw it up, so pray to me because I'll come and help you out when the time comes. No, he was trying to get it over to the body of Christ, basically, that they can do some things here. You want to make religious people mad, teach this stuff and live this stuff. They're still singing, I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. God says, do it yourself. <laughs> and you're not weak and swirmy. You're on my level, praise God. You're my child. You're a child of the living God and a son of the living God, full with the anointing and full with the power of God, for goodness sakes. My God, if Aaron comes home the next time, crawls to the kitchen floor and says, Dad, I am weak, but thou art strong. <laughs> Do you imagine that? Say, like, get out of my house and come back in here and be somebody. But we don't think of that, see, spiritual things, because we've been brainwashed not to understand what God has done for us in our life and the position that we now have. We sing that song about prophesy. It tells you to take your position. 
Come on and use your authority. That's a good song because it's good to sing, but it's also good to do what you're singing. All right, Acts chapter 10. Look at verse 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with what? The Holy Ghost in power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Notice, how God anointed who? How God anointed who? Was Jesus anointed? Did God anoint Jesus? Now, if Jesus was God and acting only as God, why would God have to anoint Jesus if he was already God? How many know God's pretty anointed? He doesn't need another impartation from someone else. So notice, Jesus had to be anointed. If Jesus was acting in God, why didn't he heal anybody at 25? Why didn't he deliver anybody at 20? Why didn't he do something at 19? Because they had to wait for the Spirit of God to come upon him with the anointing of God because he was a man operating in the Holy Ghost down here. When the anointing came upon him, then God, through him, could do what needed to be done in people's life, could set the captives free. That's why he was anointed. Say, that's why he was anointed. Hallelujah. All right, go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, look at verse 22. It says, you men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a what? A what? A man man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did how? By him. Now notice, he was a man, wasn't he? He was a man anointed. Here it says that he was a man approved of God. He did signs, wonders, and miracles which what? God did by him. Say God God did. By him. Now, if that was the operation when Jesus was here as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost, do you think God wants to do some things by you? See, he wants to do some things by you and through, oh, work through me, Lord, work through me. Just keep walking in life, listen to the Spirit of God, and you'll run into opportunities where God wants to work into your life every single day, every single hour, praise God. You've been anointed, and you have been given power to do, praise God, what needs to be done. All right, go to James chapter 1. This is one of the greatest revelations I ever got because before this, I didn't think I could do anything. All I could do is pray and hope that God would do something. But praise God, now I found out that, hallelujah, I got authority to do things. I can get fever off of people. I can rebuke things. I can get things out of my life. I can use my authority to do things in my life. Hallelujah. All right, James chapter 1, look at verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. Now, you could stop right there and find a million people doing that. I mean, that's all the further we really got to go. We're going to finish it. Let no man say when he is tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be with evil. He cannot be. Can God be untempted with evil? No. No. Neither tempts he any man. All right, go to Hebrews chapter 4. Can God be tempted? No. Does he tempt anybody? Hebrews chapter 4. Look at verse 15. For we have not a high priest. Who is our high priest? Jesus. Jesus, Which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Can God be tempted? Was Jesus tempted? Yes then apparently Jesus wasn't operating in God because God can't be tempted, right? Here it says Jesus was tempted in all points. So Jesus, once again, was operating as a 
living spirit man in a body anointed by the Holy Ghost with authority. Once you got born again, you became a living spirit being anointed by the Spirit of God with authority. What for? To do the same things Jesus did, not less than he did, and not to ask him to do them. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's enforcing every time you use that authority you've got. Every time you use that word of God and throw it out there, the authority comes. All right, go to John chapter 5. You can run habits out of your life. You can run addictions out of your life. You can run problems out of your life. You can run depression out of your life. You can run all those things out of your life. If you'll stand against them rather than receive them and entertain them in your life, you can walk in a freedom 24 hours a day, seven days a week. All right, John chapter 5, verse 26. For as the Father has life in himself, so has he given to the Son to have life in himself. And he has given him what? Authority, Authority to execute judgment also because he is who? Now notice, why did Jesus have authority? Because what? He was a son of man. Not because he was the son of God, because he was the son of that means man is the one who's been delegated here in the earth to have the authority to do it. Jesus operated as a man anointed by the Holy Ghost. And everything Jesus did was to show you that you can do the same thing when you come into the kingdom of God and get born again into the things of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Great. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. The next time a headache starts to get on, you don't say, oh, here it comes again. They always give me a headache when I'm around that person. No. Use your authority. Run the headache off, and maybe that person, if you need be, praise God. Use your authority to run it off of you. If you've got authority to do that, don't receive things that don't belong to you. They don't belong. I'm just so confused. Well, that's not of God. Get rid of that, praise God. Hallelujah. I'm just so down today. Well, then get up. Praise God. Move in another direction. Don't call everybody in the world and say, I'm just so down today. Are you down today? I'm really down today. I don't know what made me down today, but I'm, oh, is she available? Okay. Let me call. Did you know I'm down today? Yeah. And they'll agree with you. Yeah, you sound down today. Well, we're two together, agreeing together. Now I'm more down than I was when I called the person, for God's sakes. And let me call the next person to see if they're down. And before you're down, you got the whole group of your people down before it's over with. No, I'll tell you what, if you really love somebody, You'll say, hey, stop being stupid, rebuke that thing, and move on. Click. (laughs) Hey, in love. (laughs) Do it in love. But, you know, that's going to help them. Petting them ain't going to help them. Agreeing with them ain't going to help them. Oh, I'm so sorry for you ain't going to help them. Praise God. Let them use the authority that they have. And if they don't know about authority, you use it. And then show them that they can use it next time so they don't do that again. All right, Hebrews chapter 2. Look at verse 14. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part in the same, which means he took part in flesh and blood, that through his death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. So Jesus came. Why did he come? He came in a nurse suit because he had to pay the price for each and every one of us to restore us to the place that we were supposed to be with our authority and with being alive again in the spirit and being anointed by God. And when he came and did that, basically, he broke the spiritual death had on us, the hold, which is fear, which is sickness, which is disease, which is worry, depression, all that stuff has been broken off of our lives. And we are free to live free of that all day long, 24 hours a day. Don't live your whole life being a roller coaster Christian. I'll tell you, there's no worse place than when you're excited, and you're down, and you're excited, and then you're down, and you're excited, level out. 
If you're getting too high, cut back a little. See, some people got to be up here anymore before they even enjoy life because they've been down so many times they got to get way up there. Just stay level. Somebody comes with a bad report, don't freak out. Just let the Holy Ghost talk to you about it a little bit. Respond to the thing if you want. You don't have to go. <laughs> but we do that, don't we? We get all bent. Oh, did you hear it happen to him? Oh my God, I can't believe. It. No, just take a chill pill, relax. Follow the Word of God, whatever the Word of God told you in that situation. If you don't know right then, you can always wait a while. How I many you know that situation probably ain't going to go away in 10 minutes anyway? And figure things out. But you get an emotion on you getting in feelings and emotions rather than the authority that you have on the inside of you, praise God, throws you out of that authority and makes you make dumb decisions that are in your life. All right, praise God. Where am I going? Did I say? Did I read Hebrews 2? I did. Go to Revelations chapter 1. Say, I have authority. You watch Jesus. If he really acted like a man anointed by the Holy Ghost and with authority, he never prayed very long prayers. Stretch out your hand. Get up and walk. Pick up your mat. Be healed. And yet the church, it doesn't sound anything like that. They'll pray 45 minutes and say everything that's wrong in their life and then ask God to do something about it, which makes them more depressed because they're already reinforcing what's everything's wrong in their life. And the Bible actually said when you pray, you should ask for what you desire, not what you don't desire. See? So what do we want to do? We want to get efficient. I want to get efficient in the things of authority. I just don't want to sing, you know, I know who I am and all this kind of stuff. But I want to go out there and I want to, I want to be able to pull the trigger and hit something. You know what I mean? In the spirit. I want to, if I see somebody with a fever, I want to hit that thing. Get off in Jesus' name. And be able to walk away from that thing knowing that that thing went bye-bye someplace. Because according to the Bible, every single demon, not just the little ones, all of them are subject to each and every person who's in this place right now if you're born again. If you're not born again, then get there. Let's get born again. Just receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But we've had a victim mentality for so long, and we've been put down so long, and we've been taught that we're nothing so long, and we can't do nothing. He's everything. We're nothing. But it's not that way when you search out the Bible. And that's not what God wants. God wants people that he can relate to. God wants people that he can love. He wants children on the same plane as him. Praise God. Hallelujah. I mean, people in this day and age love animals. That's great for you, but you cannot have the same relationship with an animal as you can with a person. I'm sorry. Maybe they won't talk back. Maybe they won't hurt you. Maybe they won't do anything to you. And that's great. And it's easier for you to do that. But you can have a better relationship with a person every single time. Praise God. But how many know sometimes it may take a little work? Yeah. All right. Go to Revelations 1. Look at verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us. How many know he loves you? Yeah. And washes from our sins in his own blood. How many know he washed you from all your sins? Isn't that great? Say, he loves me. He washed me from all of my sins. Thank God he loves me. Thank God he washed me from all my sins. All right, look at verse 6. And has made you a king and a priest unto God and his father to him be glory, dominion forever. Now you don't hear that. Apparently that's not in most Bibles. It stops at verse 5. He loves me. He cares about me. He takes away my sins. Are you a king? I should say not. Righteous? Are you out of your mind? Holy? Of course not. I'm not. Well, the Bible says you're all those things. It says you have been made a king and a priest unto God. Say, I'm a king and a priest to God. Now, listen, this just might be why he's called king of kings. See that? See how that relates? King of kings and lord of lords. See? And most people would shudder to call themselves a king and a lord. Are you a king and a lord? Yes. 
Why is that? Because our mind's been messed up again. So you're a king. And how many know a king might have authority? Yeah. What happens when a king has his whole kingdom there and all at once another nation starts coming against that king? You know what happens? He just don't sit back and say, well, if it be your will. No, he's got an army there, praise God. He's got people who will defend. He's got people who will fight. He's got people that will do that thing. It's the same way in your life. You're a king. You're already on top of the mountain. You're not trying to get to the top. You're just staying up there where you belong, praise God. Tell this story a million times because it comes out so good. Back when I was in Ohio, we used to pile up a bunch of snow, and we'd pile it clear up to the top, and then during recess, we'd play king of the mountain. Did you ever do that? And, I mean, everybody would get out there, and they'd run out there, and they'd try to get up that mountain. It was really slippery, and the bigger guys would pull you down, and you'd fight, and you'd get up there. But I found out one time that if you get on top of the mountain, it's a lot easier just to. <laughs> and I wasn't very big, so I never got to the top. So one time it got to be about five minutes before we were going out for recess, and I just had to go to the bathroom at that time. <laughs> Teacher said, do you have to go to the bathroom? Yeah, and instead of going to the bathroom, guess where I went? <laughs> that's right, that's, that's right. We were operating wisdom back there. And I got on top of that mountain first. And I don't care how big they were coming up that slippery mountain, I could just go push, and they go, in the whole recess. Let's go, oh, this king of the mountain. And I found out when I got born again, Jesus took me from the bottom of that mountain and he put me on top of that snowbank, praise God. And any devil that tries to get up that mountain and kick that one, fever, get out of here, depression, get away from me, sickness, go out of here in Jesus' name. Because I'm on top of the mountain, probably. Hallelujah. Say, I'm king. Now, how many know the world needs people with authority right now? I mean, we see marriages falling apart. We see babies getting killed. We see sickness and disease running all over. We see families breaking out. Someone's going to have to take this authority and start using it for other people's lives. But in order to do that, you've got to use it for your own life first. You've got to use it on your own little problems, this little problem, that little problem. Do you come to a place where you're assured that it's going to work in your life? Then you use that authority to help out other people, praise God. Many of the time in a marriage, it's just a spirit of God in there. I mean, most of the people I, I, I minister to for marriage counseling, First of all, the man never remembers how it started. The woman remembers the exact day, time, weather, because that's just the way we are. You know, that's just the way we are. But basically every time, it's not something very big. It's just something wee little that got in there. He didn't pick up his underwear. And that's it. I've had it. And it just grows, and they're meditating on it. And, well, he does this too, and he does that too, and he used to do this, and he don't do that. Pretty soon it gets big. And if you go back, just find that little speck there. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'll take them back, and I'll redo their vows right there. Let me know. That'll shake you up. Yeah. Say, okay, time for remarried. Step up here. You stand here. You stand here. I got some words for you. I love you so very much. I love you so very much. And I, by the time they get done, you know what? It works. Yeah. It gets off their life because it puts something good in their mind. There's people I told, you can find something good about your spouse. If it's just one little thing that you found, maybe they part their hair right. <laughs> you know, when you're thinking negative thoughts about someone, you've got to turn around to the positive. That, that's a spirit getting on you and trying to point out every little thing that's wrong with somebody, praise God. We'll just find what that little thing is. Take authority over that. If it's a spirit of fear, you deal with it. If whatever spirit it is, you cast it out. You get it out of there. You change your thought life, and you'll clear right back up. You can walk on top of the snowbank your whole life. You don't have to keep going down and keep trying to get up and keep going down and keep trying to get up. You can walk on top because you have authority, but you've got to use that authority. So it's up to us. It's not up to God many times. And you have been given authority. Why? Because you're in this earth suit. There's people I minister to all the time said, well, I ain't going to accept Jesus as I'm Lord until I, the day that I die, then I'm going to make my decision. And I always say, once you die, brother, you ain't got no decision. 
Because once you step outside this body, you can't make any choices, and you've lost all authority in this earth realm, and it's too late. You'll be yelling, I want to get saved, all the way to hell. See, your decisions are made now in this earth. You've got power and authority down here. God put you here for that, to speak to things, to operate over things, to do what God wants you to do. And will God be right there for you? Oh, yeah. If you're in line with his will, if you're setting people free, if you're casting out devils, if you're healing the sick, that's what God wants to do. He wants to bring a heavenly atmosphere into the earthly realm. Now, sometimes it don't look like it. But it is infiltrating one person at a time. The nature's being changed. Things are being changed the way they think's being changed. But you have a part to play. Say, I got a part to play. So you have authority. So whatever area you're struggling in, whether it's an anger problem or this or that, start using your authority against that thing. As soon as you go, no, I ain't doing that anymore. You get off me in the name of Jesus. I'm not getting angry about anything anymore. I, righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's who I am in the kingdom of God. Praise God. I'm going to stay. And somebody says something to you, no, I ain't going to do it. Somebody pulls out in front of you. You go, you go no, I'm not going to do that today. Hallelujah. I know who I am. How many of you got to change that thought life? Because if you run with it, boy, oh boy, I'll tell you what. We'll be having another chase next time we have men out here, and you'll be the one being chased. Hallelujah. Say, I've got authority. I will start to use the authority I have on the little things first. My temperament, my feelings, my emotions, the spirit of fear, and any other spirit that doesn't make me feel good. In here, I'm using my authority to run it out of my life. I'm not going to blame somebody else. I'm going to take authority, my position, and speak to it in Jesus' name. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.